Welcome to the Legacy Church Amelia Island podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us. Wherever you're listening from today, we believe that this message will help you to know God and leave a lasting legacy on this earth. Well, church family, put your hands together for the goodness of our God and our King as we welcome His presence into this place today on a great day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, yes? All of us Floridians are, are bundling up here. We are cold and proud of it. We are going to remind God, you know we live in Florida, right? What a great day to be in the kingdom of God. We're so thankful that you are here, that you would entrust us to speak into the life of all that God is doing, speaking to your family, and so we're thankful for that. Um, you know, I've got to be having an, an honest pastor moment for you this week. Uh, you know, I'm my own worst critic. And so this past week, I was thinking and processing through the first message as we launched and kicked off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I was like, Lord, you know, I pray that the message landed well, that, you know, in every category, in every way, the whole church participates. Whether some are going to do food or not eat sun up, sun down, or social media, or entertainment, or just cut away and spend time with you. And just in my spirit, I'll just be honest. I was like, Lord, I'm just, I'm not sure how the message went. I'm not sure if everybody participated. But then... The Holy Spirit confirmed it in my soul. And I want to tell you how. I'm going to try not to cry. The Jaguars were down 27-0. And the scripture said, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I said, my church is praying and fasting. I've not been called here in vain. The Lord is moving and working. And what you saw last night was the spirit of living God. Do what's only been done two other times in NFL history in the postseason. A team came back from that uh, far being down and, and won the game. But... Uh, so, yeah, so in my heart, I feel like we are a praying and fasting church. So uh, thank you for being here. If I haven't had the pleasure to meet you, my name is Carlos. Uh, I have the privilege to be the senior pastor of this church. I'm a second-generation pastor who's just thrilled and thankful to be a part of the move of God right here in our community. Amen? Well, we are in this time in our church of prayer and fast. We're calling it Pray Fast 2023, where we take the first 21 days portion of this month, and, and we're just believing God um, to reveal himself in, in wonderful ways. And, and if you haven't gotten one of our Pray Fast booklets, they're at the front. We hope that you get one of those. They're very important because we want to help you set aside time to be with God. Remember, we're not just eating not to eat. That's called the South Beach diet. If we just don't eat and don't spend time with God, that's a diet. But we are setting aside time and cutting away other habits and behaviors because what we know the Bible teaches is when we decrease in the natural and seek God, we increase in the spiritual. And so if you'll get one of those packets and follow along with us and, and what we've done, my wife and I, over the last 20 years, we've made notes in our journals and just remember all the things that God is speaking in our lives. So we hope that you grab one of those. And then tomorrow at 630, someone say 630. 630. Tomorrow, right here where you're freezing with me. You, we will be here for time of worship and prayer, seeking the face of God. And, and we do this just three times for the three weeks of our prayer and fasting. And we 
come us alongside our, our church family corporately and just press in and have some time of worship and prayer. It's only an hour, but it starts at 6.30, and I promise you, you would be so blessed if you were there with us. Last week, if you were here, it was powerful. We saw a breakthrough, and God do some really remarkable things. And so um, now as we continue in week two of our Pray Fast series, I want to talk to you from something that I couldn't wait to talk to you about, where God had put this in my heart. I shared it with my staff, I think maybe a month or two back, where I was truly seeking God's face, and he showed me this week had to be about pursuing his presence. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to seek God's face on all kinds of levels. And if you haven't prayed and fasted the first week, I pray you jump in this week in some way, shape, or form. But I pray that you understand it's about pursuing his presence. Someone look at their neighbor and say, pursuing his presence. That's what we're fighting for. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're cutting away for. That's why we are biting our tongue this week and not having the last word. Amen? Someone say amen. Lord, we honor you in this place. Holy Spirit, this is our active demonstration of inviting you to come and have your way. Lord, if we heard from a man today, we'd be wasting our time. If we read from historical literature today, we'd be wasting our time. Oh, but we don't come to hear from a man. We come to hear from the Holy Spirit. And oh, we don't come to read historical literature. We come to read from the infallible word of God that lives and that breathes and that moves and that is the key to relationship with our King. So God, can you speak through the dynamic of 42 generations that led to the word and led to the living, breathing word who was our Christ? Can you speak through a Western culture that sometimes wants you part-time but not full-time? Can you speak through whatever hang-ups and issues and problems we are all experiencing, Father? Can you speak through the distractions of our time in our world and limit them all? You have our undivided attention. You are our focus. You are our desire. And if you are not, would you become it in this moment, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Put your hands together one more time for our King and for our Lord. There's a sweet spirit in the place today. Can you feel it? Can you feel it online? There's a sweet spirit in the place today. I want to start today with reading a story that I read and I thought you would appreciate. I read this story about a a bar, a bar in Texas. And they uh, decided to file a lawsuit against a church in Texas. And and this is how the story goes. It says Drummond's Bar began construction on expansion of their building to increase their business. Apparently, business was good. Okay. In response, the local Baptist church started a campaign of their own to block the bar from expanding with petitions. And they prayed and they fasted. Work progressed right up until the week before the grand opening when lightning struck the bar. (laughs) Told you, prayer and fasting works, okay? (laughs) Lightning struck the bar, and the bar burned to the ground. After the bar burned to the ground, the church members were bragging about the power of prayer, and they were a little smug as well, until the bar owners sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of the building, either through direct or indirect actions or means. In its reply to the court, the church denied all and any responsibility or connection to the building's demise. The judge, he read through the plaintiff's complaint and the defendant's reply, and at the opening hearing, here was the judge's comment. He said this, I don't know how I'm going to decide on this, but it appears from the paperwork we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer. (laughs) 
and an entire church congregation that does not. That'll have you think for a minute. So my question to you is, are you ready to experience the power of prayer and fasting? Are you ready for God to reveal himself to you through prayer and fasting? Are you ready to pursue his presence? Are you ready for the repercussions of setting aside some things to gain more of God? Are you ready for the sacrifice in the flesh to now materialize in the spirit? Are you ready for what God is speaking and going to speak? Are you ready, church family? If you're ready and if you're praying to be blessed, are you preparing yourself to be a blessing? Because, see, you can't just pray to be a blessing and then just wait on it. You have to operate in generosity, operate in kindness, operate in love. See, God has this historical context and pension of blessing those who will be a blessing. Have you heard of Abraham? God likes to see aqueducts that you're already giving him time and attention and resource and love and forgiveness. You're already giving him these things where he says, I can get one through them. I'm going to bless them. So once again, church, are you ready for God to hear your prayers? If you're praying for a blessing, are you already operating in the space of being a blessing to others? If you're praying for open doors, are you ready to walk out of your comfort zone? If you're praying for God to open doors, are you ready to feel uncomfortable? Because an open door has never been found in a comfort zone. An open door has always been found in a step of faith, in a leap of faith, going into deeper waters, walking into the unknown, walking to a place that you say, well, I just don't know what God is doing. That's called an open door. We just don't see it that way. But if you're ready for God to move in the season of prayer and fasting, you must be ready for those open doors. If you're praying for God in this time of prayer and fasting to take away hurt, pain, and trauma of the past, are you willing to surrender hurt, pain, and trauma of the past? He will take it, but it first must be surrendered. Hurt and pain and drama of the past. There are people living in your head rent-free as we speak right now. They have taken up residence rent-free. They are squatters right now. Not even thinking about you and your dysfunctional situation. But they have taken up residence and you're saying, God, I don't want it. God, I don't want it. And God would say, well, please release it. Please let it go. Please, my, my yoke is easy. My burdens are light. Surrender it to me. Someone say amen. amen. I'm praying and I'm believing that we are all participating at some level, at some level in this time of prayer and fasting, whether it's food, whether it's entertainment, whether it's social media, whether it's uh, just more time spent in God's presence. I'm praying and believing. And based on that playoff win last night, I'm a believer that our church is participating in a major way. But it's not just our church. It's not just what we do. If you know our story, we prayed and fasted even before we became a church. For my family and I, we've, we've come up this way. I've watched my father and my mother. I, I learned in my home, not my church. I learned in my home how to pray and fast. And so then when decisions and large decisions come up in my life, I pray and fast in the church. We were, we were built on this. But what's so interesting is this, is that even our Lord Jesus... We talk a lot about him, but do you know his characteristics? 
We, we talk a lot about what he will do and, and, and what he will bless and, and what he will help with. But do you know about his characteristics? Because Jesus was a firm believer in fasting matched with prayer. What's interesting is that you hear Jesus talk less about fasting and watch him demonstrate it more than speak about it. Have you noticed his life? He'd be disappearing somewhere. He'd be doing something. And he believed in prayer matched with fasting. We know this because there are many examples in his life and in the Bible, but there's one specifically in Matthew chapter 17 where disciples come to him and long story short is there was a family who comes to them and the family has a son who's got demonic possession. This is weird for the Western culture. We don't have to talk about like the spiritual world and spiritual principalities and rulers in darkness, but the Bible likes to talk about it. So you can do with that as you will. But they, they have a child who uh, has demonic possession, and the disciples come, and they do everything. They do their best Jesus, and they can't do anything about it. And they come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, there's an overwhelming situation. There's a certain breakthrough that we need. There's certain strength that we need. There's certain hope that we need. There are some things in our lives that we can't find strength in, and we can't find breakthrough in. And Jesus arrives on the scene, doesn't go through the Pentateuch, doesn't go through the Tanakh, doesn't go through the minor prophets, the major prophets, because, you know, he was the walking New Testament. It didn't, it didn't arrive yet, okay? He doesn't go through any scripture. You know what he says? Watch this, Matthew 17, 21. He says, this kind, this breakthrough, this issue, this generational curse, this problem for the past decades, this lust, this bitterness, this anger, this hurt. He says, this kind, someone say this kind, does not go out except by prayer and what? Oh, Jesus believed. He taught it. He lived it. He preached it. He said, this breakthrough right here doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. Jesus outlines for you and I that for you. Some things in the year of 2023 of our Lord, it would be foolish to think that we'd have breakthrough without prayer and without fasting. Like this is not just a sermon series or a topic or us trying to over-spiritualize things. Jesus tells us it'd be foolish for you to see breakthrough in certain areas and levels of your life without prayer and fasting. He let his disciples know right away. He said, oh, this, what you're experiencing right here, this, this next level of, of your walk and maturity in your faith, You've got to learn how to pray and fast. You've got to learn how to sacrifice one thing, something once a day, by every other day. You've got to learn to get into his presence. And if you lead a family, you've got to lead them as well. And it's funny because others took notice. You don't know this, but as you pray and fast, others take notice. Others see when you're at the family gathering, you, you don't do what they're doing, or you're at work and they're all going out. Has anybody been offered food in the first week? Has anybody seen all the deals going on in the restaurants and on commercials? It always comes out in January. That is of the enemy. I don't even eat Big Macs, but I, I drove by a McDonald's. Have you seen the sign? Buy one Big Mac, get another one for a dollar. Are you kidding me? That is Satan in the flesh. All of a sudden, I just, I just became overcome. But people took notice of prayer and fasting of not just Jesus, but his disciples. How do we know? Watch this. Matthew chapter 9, 14, someone came up and asked Jesus, we see you, but we see them. And they said this, why don't your disciples fast? Matthew 9, 14. Why, why don't they fast? He said there's a bit of a disconnect in, in what they saw in Jesus and what they saw in them. And can I tell you, that's the same way today. We talk a lot about them. 
We gather a lot about him, but there's often this disconnect. And that's what the biggest problem of the world is. It's not an immoral culture. It's not any of those things. It's this disconnect. I love this quote by Gandhi. He says it like this. I like your Christ. Do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. There's a disconnect in, in, in what is read and then what's experienced from what they saw Jesus doing and what they saw the disciples doing, from what people hear in messages on Sundays and how you and I act in the workplace, at the sporting events, in the community, at the grocery store, our post online, we're very aggressive about what's godly and ungodly, but yet when it comes to love, we're not very aggressive. When it comes to forgiveness and it comes to empathy and it comes to just drawing all men nigh to him, we're not very aggressive because the scripture and Jesus says they will know us by our what? Not by what we don't do, not by what we stand against, not by what we hate, but by our love. And so there's this disconnect. They say, but Jesus does and and they don't. And don't they represent Jesus? And that's why Jesus says this right here by, by prayer and fasting alone. But this suggests on the level for the disciples of the 12 that they were around prayer and fasting. They just didn't believe in the power of prayer and fasting. And so for our church family, you're going to be around prayer and fasting. You're going to hear about it. It might sound like a broken record at this point, but I believe at the end of this, you're going to see the power of prayer and fasting. And we know when Jesus leaves and goes to the cross and resurrects, oh, they start praying and fasting. They, they saw the power. They saw the strength in it. There was no, no longer come up. So someone could come up and say, hey, your, your, your teacher, Jesus, he prayed and fasted. Now you guys don't. They could no longer say that at some point because they learned of the power. But here's what I want to make sure in week two that we understand. Let me ask you this question. Why do we pray and fast? Why are you praying and fasting? If you have not, you jump in here in week two. Why will you pray and fast? Do you know? If you don't, let's answer this together. Why do we pray and fast? Is it for the stuff? Is it for breakthrough? Is it for healing? Is it for wholeness? I want to say yes, and I want to say no. Yes, it is part of the equation, but no, it's not the primary reason. You know what the primary reason to pray and fast is? Is to pursue his presence. It's to pursue a closer walk with him. It's to have his heartbeat be our heartbeat. It's to know him in the beauty of his holiness. Amen? Amen. Yeah, I've got three daughters. You know this well. And, and for all of them, I tell them this story like uh, at least once a year on their birthday. I say, you know what you did on the first day of your life? I know, Dad. So the first day of your life, you slept right here on my chest. I did it with my oldest, and it just felt right. I know now they have like this mommy uh, baby time where you put them on the chest. I started that thing, okay? <laughs> Old. I did it back in 2002 old. But I put my first Anna on my chest, and the first night, she's all night long on my chest, and I can remember feeling her little heartbeat and feeling my little heartbeat. And then with Bethany, I can remember feeling her little heartbeat and my heartbeat, and then with Naomi, and, and that's, that's the desire of the Father, that we would just, just lean on his heart in this time of prayer and fasting, and just, just crowd out the noise and distractions and everything else, and just lean on that heartbeat, and, and lean on his love and his goodness, because it was so funny. There's a lot of things to worry about. My wife and I were super young with our first kid, all right? We're still super young. We got three of them. I don't know what we were thinking, 
Uh, I think my wife just likes me a lot. I think that's the problem. But it's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. But it's just the heartbeat leaning on it. And there were so many things to worry about and think about being young with, with one and then two and then three. But you know what? The moments that she was on my heart and I was on her heart, I didn't think about any of the things. I didn't think about diapers. I didn't think about wipes. I didn't think about how I was going to get her into school and one day raise her and be the beautiful young woman that she is and the rest of them are growing up to be. I didn't think one thing about that because I just focus on the heartbeat and, and just and, and appreciate those moments. And this is why we pray and we fast to know the heartbeat of our king, but also to purify our heart to check our heart, to know our heart. David says, if it offends you, God, cut it away. James chapter four, verse eight, one of the best, best reasons and depictions of why we are to fast says this, draw near to God. He'll do what? He'll draw near to you. We usually stop there. That's why I got my dot, dot, dots. But what does it say? Purify your hearts. It says, just lay on his heart for a night. Just don't worry about distractions, hurts, and pains, and needs, and and everything else, just lay on his heart today. Just lean on his heart. And he says, if you are double-minded, he'll take care of that. But just lean on his heart and purify your heart before him. It's not about being good enough. It's about pursuing his presence and knowing that he already has good plans for you. A lot of us have to walk through some development, mature in our faith. We are not begging and pleading for God to give us good things. He already has good gifts. If you and I, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us good gifts, the Scripture declares. He already wants good for us. This is all about, someone say all about. This is all about pursuing his presence. This is all about coming under to his hedge of protection, coming under his covering and coming under his love. And as you pursue intimacy to see him as he is, you know what happens? You begin to see yourself as he sees you. There are people in here that you don't know how valued you are. You don't know how loved you are. You don't even know how protected you are. As a matter of fact, after this week, you might start praying this prayer. God, thank you for mercy seen and unseen. Because he'll show you where when other people got hurt or went down or something happened in their families, it didn't happen in yours. You are the one that he loves. Someone say, I am the one that he loves. You are sacred. You are special. You are the best thing that God has going. You are on his mind. Before you check your phone in the morning, he's already checked your heart. He's already put provision ahead of you. He's already given you strength and grace. That breath that you're taking right now, please know that's on loan. You are leasing that. He has given that to you when this morning some, the lease came up. The lease was due, but he loves you in that way. He loves you in that way. You know, in my office here in the church, I have these wall calendars. I have these wall calendars that, you know, I put my schedule on and all things going on. I'm meeting with people or staff meetings, things like that. I've got my calendar. They can put a picture on the screen. Here's my calendar. And you see all those erasing and, 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 and marks. So if I'm late to a meeting with you or I miss one, forgive me because it's been taken over. So what began to happen, you can see with all the smudges, and my daughters began to come, began to come in here. And they have this thing they do with each other. They say, I'm his favorite. No, I'm his favorite. No, I'm his favorite. They individually think they are my favorite. That's what they think. And so they write on here, you got Bethany is the best, Naomi in the middle. Then Naomi, she's starting to write now. So she's got, I am his favorite, and I will protect the guilty party. But I saw somebody writing something new this morning on my way out here. But 
they all think and fight each other that they are my favorite because they feel that close to the Father. They feel that, that were they with me, when, when they're in my presence, they're the only one that matters. And I need you to know our God is massive. Our God is great. He's eternal. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. That's what the Bible says. But you are the one he loves. You are his favorite. There's nothing too big and nothing too small. He is so vested in you, in your success, in your mental health, in your emotional health. He is so vested in the things you care about. He deeply is concerned with the things that keep you up at night. He is deeply in love with everything about you. Watch this, even the real you. You know what that means. Not the self-projected you. Not the Sunday you. Not the Christian circles you. Even you. He's madly in love because he knows what you're going to do. He knows the potential on the inside of you. You are the one that he loves. You need to start in the spiritual sense just writing on that calendar, I'm his favorite. I'm the one he loves. He loves me more than everybody on my row right now. (laughs) Messing up the agenda that I don't know what's going on when I arrive in the office. As we focus on pursuing his presence, we begin to experience some side effects. Anybody ever take some medication? There's a few side effects. I remember this one time I took a Claritin and it wasn't the right, time, right kind in a meeting and I began falling asleep in that meeting. I thought something was wrong with me. I called Courtney. I was like, Courtney, something's wrong with me. She's like, what? I was like, I don't know. I just, I just can't stay awake. Something's wrong with me. She goes, well, tell me about your day. I was like, yeah, I, know. I ate this, I ate this. And I, I didn't have a Claritin. She goes, what kind? She's like, yeah, it was a drowsy kind. But there are side effects of this walk with God when you begin praying and fasting. And and one of the side effects you're going to find is clarity. There are going to be some things that were murky, that were clear as mud. They're going to start to open themselves up. You're going to start to say, God, I didn't see it that way. I didn't view it that way, God. I didn't see the problem was me and not the problem. I didn't see that I was the common denominator in each and every scenario. I didn't see... You're going to start to see things that, oh my gosh, I have been frustrated and anxiety written over things that I can't do anything about. That I should just trust God regardless because his will is perfect and he's faithful. And, and I don't know, the, the Bible says the good work he started, he will do what? He'll complete it. And that the scripture declares that every door he opens, no man can close. And every door he closes, no man can open. So what in the world am I fretting about? Why am I acting as though I order the steps of the righteous? No, he goes before me. He makes a way. And we start to experience in these moments some clarity. Clarity that can't be experienced without prayer and fasting. Ask Daniel. There were things that the Lord wanted to reveal to him that man, without removing some stuff from the table internally and externally, he wasn't going to see. Ask John the Baptist. When he prayed and fast, he got the revelation. He said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ask Jesus, why did he fast and pray? He had to receive a download from the Father for the plan that he had before him. So there are things that we begin to see that we have not seen, and this is a side effect, a good side effect of prayer and fasting. The next thing that you'll experience in prayer and fasting is this anticipation. You look forward to what God is going to do. You look forward to this breakthrough. You look forward to him him moving in great ways. Why? Because we understand that when we 
seek his face and we do what we haven't done before. We experience him in ways that we have not experienced him before. And we begin to say, I can't wait to the end of the fast. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And I can't wait. And we got to be careful because we start saying, I can't wait till it ends. I can't wait till it ends. But watch this. Sometimes in the midst of the fast that he's speaking the loudest. And so it's not the countdown, the, the when is it going to be over? When is it going to end? Sometimes it's within the first five, seven days. It's within the 10, the 14 days where we see God do the greatest things. So what I will say is this, yes, we will be encouraged and we can't wait until things end and we can't wait until God does something great. Yes, but I will say this, don't overlook what God is going to do in the midst of what he's already doing. Don't overlook and overshoot and say when he reveals, when he heals, when he blesses, when he does, what if he's already doing something? What if he's already revealing himself? What if he's already healing? You just have to receive it. God, I receive what you're speaking. Someone say, God, I receive what you're speaking. I receive your healing. I receive your direction. Like declare these things. Speak these things into existence. God, I believe that you are moving and that you are working and that you are doing things I've been praying and believing for. There's this anticipation that comes in this. But here's where I want to finish today. I want to finish our time together by one of the greatest side effects. And the more mature you get in your faith, you identify with this. One of the greatest side effects is this, is that we start to have preparation as we pray and fast. We start to have a certain preparation in our heart and our lives. We start to prepare for a year that we have not been in. God begins to go before us. We begin to have this peace about us when we understand that God goes before us, when we understand that if God doesn't make a way, there won't be a way that doesn't need to be a way, that God answers every single prayer you and I pray, yes, no, and not yet. Ah, oh, God hasn't answered God's hands. He sure has. This, this type of understanding, this type of revelation we get in the preparation of knowing God and knowing his purpose and knowing his plans. Here's what I want you to see. The year that you and I walk into, we have no clue what we're walking into, but we do know who is already there, God. And so the, the good thing about our Bible, the good thing about our gatherings, the reason why Hebrew says you can't forsake the gathering, no matter what generation, no matter what pandemic is going on, we can't forsake this gathering, right? Why? Because we need to talk about what God is doing. We need to know that God is moving in the year of 2023 in a specific way. And how does God move? Two ways. Someone say triumphs, trials. Every good work God is doing in your life, real time, as you sit here, as you listen online, everything that God is doing in real time, you know how he's doing it? He's doing it through triumphs. He's doing it through trials. How do we know? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the scripture declares this. It says, for we are God's what? Handiwork. God can't wait to use you. You're his favorite tool. You are wrapped around his belt. You are on his side, ready to be used. Created in Christ Jesus, do what? Good works. He's already got good works in store for you. You're not putting his arm behind his back. You're not hurting so bad so he notices you. Already has good works, which God has prepared what? In advance for us to do. He already is going to use you for great things in your marriage, in your home, in your workplace. He already has plans in this year. Why? Because he works through triumphs and he works through trials. But if you want the whole meta narrative, if you want the whole story of the Bible, if you want all of 2023 and not just January, anybody having a good January? 
I'm having a great January. Anybody having a good January? This is, this is a month of triumph. We don't yet know what February looks like, all right? Will God continue to work in our lives through, tri- through triumph? Or will it be trials? We don't know. But here's what we have peace in. We know that he uses both. We know that both are a part of his plan. We know that we can look forward to both. I'm not looking forward to those circumstances. Let me just be honest. But I'm looking forward to being on the other side of whatever's coming my way. For me and my family and for my church, I'm looking for whatever's on the other side of that. So are you guys ready to learn? I'm going to take you to Bible college. I'm going to save you the tuition. Are you ready to learn? You have never, I'm willing to bet and willing to believe, because in my life, I listen to thousands of messages. Mom, do you remember I had um, my uh, box of tapes listening to messages I would go to sleep? Like, I listen to thousands of messages in my lifetime, okay? I've never heard a message around prayer and fasting out of the book of Job. Watch this, Job chapter 1. And for some of you who are new to the Bible, it's not Job. It is Job <laughs> chapter 1. I just want to help everyone. I want an inclusive environment, inclusive of all people, of all people. Job chapter one, you're about to grow in your faith. You're about to see how God is orchestrating and aligning, not the person next to you, but your 2023. So get ready. This is how he's going to work. He's going to work, we just read it in Ephesians, through triumphs, but he also works through trials. And what's funny, I look back over my life, and I'm such a whiner. Ask my wife, ask my accountability partners. I'm such a whiner. I'm such a whiner. But God has worked the most in my life through trials. It's just how he works, and I don't know if anybody can identify with that. Watch this. Job chapter 1, verse 6. It says this. One day, the members of the heavenly court. Now, if you go to the original Hebrew, this would be the Bene Elohim. This would be the angels. They are presenting themselves, the sons of God, presenting themselves to God. And so if you don't know about angels, we don't worship angels. We don't praise angels, but we respect that God works in and through angels. Angels help and assist and carry out the plans and the purposes of God, okay? So the heavenly court, the angels, the the Bene Elohim, present themselves before the Lord And guess who else shows up on the scene? We're called, we're told the accuser, Satan, came with them. In the Hebrew, this is where this name comes from. It's called the Satan or the accuser of the brother. So he doesn't have a name. He has a description. His name is not devil. His name is not Satan. He's got descriptions, okay? The, The Satan comes with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked. Anybody know where the devil is? Anybody know where Satan is, the accuser? Anybody know where he is? Where would you Where'd you say? Okay, some people say hell, so let's, let's find out where he is. The Lord asked Satan, uh, I'm sorry, um, Satan answered the Lord, I have been controlling where? Not hell. Where is Satan? Every school, every neighborhood, every house, every job, every social media platform, every streaming platform, every internet site. Where is he? Every relationship coming against mental health, emotional health, insecurities, fears, worries, trying to get our kids in that area of life where they're coming into their own, they're identifying what they will be and if they will live for God or live for the world. Where is Satan as we speak? The Bible calls him the prince of the air, the prince of the world. I've been patrolling earth, he said, watching everything that's going on, watching where you and I mess up, where you and I up, watching our insecurities, our fears, watching what... We, 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 we miss the mark on watching how we sin. Verse 8 says, then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Have you noticed 
Job. When God uses this, once again, it's original Hebrew, the language suggests that, have you noticed in the sense that Satan had been like a war general doing recon on Job's life. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter? Peter, Satan wished to do what? He wished to sift you. He's roaming throughout the earth in your home and my home and your marriage and my marriage. If you're single, your life and your, your family and your finances, he's roaming, he's roaming, he's roaming. And Jesus said, I've been watching him roam. And Peter, he wants to sift you. But I prayed for you. And God says, remember the original Hebrew language, this would be a general looking over. And the devil says, I see his territory. I see his land. And I'm looking for access. As you sit here right now with me, He's looking for access. He's looking for this message to fall on deaf ears. He's looking for you to look at your watch. He's looking for you to say, this is not for me. He's he's looking for access to your home, access to your mind, access to your heart, access to fear and doubt and worry. And we're seeing it play out in real time. This is high level stuff. Like for your walk with God, this will help you grow. God is saying, here's how it works in the spiritual realm. Right now, you and I, we're privy to the natural realm. This is what's happening right now. Before 2023 came about and before we walked to the rest of the year, the Bene Elohim, the sons of God had to present themselves. And Satan came around as well and said, what's this year looking like? What are the triumphs and what are the trials looking like? What is the plan of God? You know what's a little bit sad? Satan has to present himself to God maybe more than we do. That he won't make a move without God. Can that be said for you and me? Can that be said for our financial choices, our relational choices, our marriages? For what we do, Satan won't make a move without presenting himself along with the angels we're told here in we're told that, that God, he hears Satan now and he hears what happens. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything. Someone say everything. Everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take everything that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. You know, when you pray over your family and you pray over your life and you pray for God to set up a standard and boundaries, do you know that that is real? Satan said, I would touch him, but I can't come close. Satan has to ask permission. Are you hearing this? Are you taking this in? Are you reading this? He can do nothing except Yahweh. The great I am authorized it. He gives permission. Do you remember the pigs and the demons that were crying out from, from, from Legion? Do you remember this? Where the Legion said, it says, it's not our time, it's not our time. Jesus, can you cast us somewhere? Jesus says, go into the pigs. It's blowing my mind that demonic and satanic things have more honor and appreciation sometimes than we do. It's blowing my mind right now. Satan says, I would, but God it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible because he has a hedge of protection. He has a standard against it. I can't even take these steps moving forward unless God authorizes it. So verse 12, this is God. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. How many know this year of Job's life, he was going to experience not just some triumphs, but some trials. 
and see what you and I have the luxury of. We know how this story ends and, and, and we know that God, and, and he was talking to the sons of God and talking to Satan. He knew none of this. But now as you sit here and you've invested some time this third week of the year, now you know how this year works. Now you know how your future seasons work. Now you know how your relationships work. Now you know there are things that are happening in the the spiritual realm that are playing out in the natural realm. Now you know that nothing is as it seems. The Bible says, have faith in not what you can see, but what you can't see. Now you know the enemy works in and through people and circumstance and situation. And unless your heart is right with the king, you can't rightfully discern or decipher. And he works the most potent in the church. I've seen it. And so now we go on to where Job is having to walk through some things in real time in front of you and I. He doesn't have what you and I have, the privilege of privacy. We only tell people part of the story. It's all out in the open here in verse 14. Watch this. A messenger arrived at Job's house with news. He said, when the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farm hands. His wealth was measured in farm animals and farm hands. All gone. Continues, verse 16. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. Wow. That's some serious fire. (laughs) Verse 17. While he was speaking, a third messenger arrived with the news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. So by verse 17, he's depleted of all assets, all investments, even the stuff that he never saw coming. Animal, livelihood, shepherds, farmhands, everything. And have you ever been in a place where you're hurting you're like, this has to be the worst case scenario, right? Nothing worse could happen here, right? The worst has happened. Have you ever arrived at the next verse, verse 18? While he was still speaking, back to back to back to back, here we go. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed, and God, you've gone too far. You've gone too far, God hurts too much. This is too deep. You've come to a place. I don't have faith enough to walk those waters. This is, this is more than I can bear. All your children, one or two, not half of them, all your children are dead. He's the God of triumphs, but he's also the God of what? Can you see where Job is? Can you see what he's experiencing? Can you identify with, with how God works? And if you look over your 2022, can you see him as the God of triumph and trials? And maybe you can begin to see how he works in and through these areas of our life and how it's playing out in real time for Job to teach you and I what this looks like and the significance of it. Because see, what God is going to do in this year of your life, and I want to be very specific for you. I want this to be right here for you in your home, in your family, in your life, in your future. What God is doing in this year will be revealed in, yes, the triumphs, but also the trials and the challenges. And for you and I who lose focus of our faith and we're all about God and the good, but we jump off that bandwagon when it's bad. 
For those of us that come to church when, when things are going terrible, but then we, we kind of drift away when things are going good, we got to do away with that this year. We've got to stay consistent. Stay focused. We've got to pursue not his stuff, but his presence. We've got to make him our only desire. We've got to make him primary. We've got to make him... You are all that I want. You are all that I need. We are told that Job worships. We are told that he gets no insight on this nice little put together message of triumphs and trials. It just hits him like a ton of bricks. It is the worst case scenario. It is his worst nightmare. He is beyond not ready for this one. He has not known this version of God. Have you lived long enough to to learn a new version of God? who allow certain suffering and allow certain pain. He didn't do it. The devil did, but he sure allowed it. He pulls one hedge down. And man, the devil runs in and, and does a work. And it's so remarkable to see what God does and how Job responds. But what we know is this, is that God is doing something in this. You keep reading the scripture. You keep reading the book. God is doing something in this. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's significant. And what I want to show you, if you read through the book, it's about 42 chapters. If you read through the book, what you see is this. Job never gets an answer to the suffering. He never gets a reason why. I I can't tell you why you were abused or hurt. I can't tell you why you didn't have both parents. I can't tell you why the ex-spouse did what they did. I can't tell you why you hurt the way you do and why you can't get over what you can't get over. I can't tell you why, and we're never given a why for Job. You know what we're given? For Job to hang on the promises he does have. Don't forsake the answers you don't have for the answers you do have. God has already revealed himself to you as a way maker, as hope, as peace, as joy, as comfort. Don't forsake that for things you don't have answers to. No, 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 no. We hang on his promises. We hang on his word. Jesus said it best. He said, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He says, I'm going to teach my people. We don't worry about what we don't have answers on. We cling to what we do have answers. We cling to the God of the midnight hour. We cling to the one who has counted our tears and been there when no one else was there. We cling to the one who hung on that whipping post when he could have let his life go. We cling to the one who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's who we cling to. That's what we cling to. Amen. Give God a hand for that. That's our God, and that is our King. Amen to his name. But in the end, I'll ruin the ending for you if you were going to read it today, but in the end, Job chapter 42, actually, let me show you one more thing before I go to the end and put the bow on it. Just came to me, but in the midst of what he was going through, sometimes you and I look for covering and look for care and look for love and Sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not there. In the midst of this, Job chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this. You won't believe this scripture. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and do what? Kill yourself.
This is the only support he has at this point. And so I encourage you to know that there won't always be support. There won't always be strength. There won't always be there people to back you up. But in the end, as it comes together, God redeems everything, even his wife. <laughs> Man, he must have changed that heart. <laughs> there was a big heart change there. But God redeems everything in the end. And we're told in Job 42, 12, it says this. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. There was something on the other end of not just the triumphs, but the trials. There was something on the other end of that. And you and I often give up just too soon, just before God moves, just before we see breakthrough, just before he turns our heart. We stop praying and believing for that child, that grandchild, or that spouse, or whatever. We give up just a moment before that wife's heart is turned and changed. Because you keep reading the story, he's blessed with children again and, and double the stuff he had, but the same spouse. So God turns her heart. Why does Job experience the blessings of God? Because he pursued the presence of God. See, now, if Job had lost all his stuff and lost God, he'd have been done for. But what we saw is Job had stuff, stuff didn't have Job. So when it was all taken, when it was all gone, even it seemed like the support of a spouse, he said, But I still have you. I still have your grace, I still have your strength. The stuff was nice, but I had you before the stuff. And I'll have you now after the stuff. And this is why we pray and fast. This is why we take a season and we get alone with God. This is why we come on a Monday night. This is why we have a devotion. Because we want to pursue the presence of if it all came crashing down. If you had him, that's more than enough. Stand with me, please. As we close our time together, I want you to pray this prayer before you depart today. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to receive this. This is going to be important. I want you to submit your years to the Lord. Bow your heads and start saying this, Lord, I submit 2023 to you. If you have your spouse, your children with you, just like a, just like a hand, cover them right now. Cover your family. You've got to step out the row. I want you to cover your family right now. Put hands on family. If somebody's by themselves, go put hands on somebody and cover this 2023. It is your responsibility. It is your job to cover those around you. That 2023, there will be triumphs, but oh my God, there will be trials. Will we cover each other? We cover our marriages, God. You know what the enemy's coming to do. He's looking right now throughout the earth, seeing who can destroy. He's looking to come against marriages through all kinds of things. But we pray and we cover them. In Jesus' name. Right now, we cover our singles right now, Father, that you would go before them, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them the hope and the peace it is to trust in you, that they would know, although they're alone, they're never lonely because you are with them. Right now, we cover our students, God. There is nothing more precious in this world than our children. They're so impressionable, Father. They have their whole lives ahead of them. And right now, as we speak, the enemy wants to snuff them out with insecurities, 
with fears, with addictions, with suicidal thoughts, Father, with every social media platform telling them they'll never be enough. In Jesus' name, we pray for a standard about them, about their mental health, about their emotional health. There's never been a generation so bombarded, Father, but we cover them. In Jesus' name, we pray for our schools, Father. We can't be with them in the hallways. We can't be with them in the bathrooms. We can't be with them in the lunchrooms. We can't be with them at all times, but Lord, the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit can protect them and can watch over them, Father. We pray for them on their social media devices and the websites and the the pop-ups, Father. We can't always be there, but you can. We can't be there for the bad friends and the bad relationships and bad influences, but you can. So we cover them and come alongside them in Jesus' name. Lord, we seal whatever was spoken in the heavenlies. When the sons of God, when the Ben Elohim came to you for 2023, and when Satan also presented himself in 2023, whatever that looked like, whatever you said yes and amen to God, we say yes and amen to. And we say, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We say, Father, whatever you desire, whatever you want, we want it. Just give us the faith. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. We've covered our homes. We've covered our our spouses, our children. We cover our church, Lord, which you protect and go before us, Father. And now we seal this in Jesus' name. We seal it. We say it's yours, God. The enemy only has jurisdiction. You give him. He can only go as far as you allow him. So that will give us peace that this too shall pass as we trust in the one who's truly in control. We seal this and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Lastly, with your heads bowed. Oh, you give God a hand for that. Go ahead. Yeah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And we believe that. Remember this day. Remember this day for your triumphs and your trials that we seal what God wants to say and what he wants to do. One more time, bow your heads. If there's anyone in this place that is far from Jesus, If you feel like your relationship is far from him, you feel cold, callous, this is the moment. Don't leave the same. In the building or online, this is your moment. If you have never prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior and someone invited you or someone sent you this YouTube message, would you just take a moment and welcome the Lord Jesus into your life? Our church, we love you so much. We're going to pray with you. Church, let's pray with those right now who are going to surrender their lives for the very first time or for those who are going to come back to the Lord and rededicate their life to him. Pray this with me. Lord God, we believe in you. We repent of our sins. We welcome Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our lives. Change us. Challenge us. Give us a hunger for your word and for discipleship, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Put your hands together for the goodness of our God and our King of 2023. Amen and amen. We hope that you are challenged, impacted, and blessed by the message today. For more information, please visit LegacyChurchAI.org or take a moment to follow us on Instagram at LegacyChurchAI.